Um, we're uh, excited. We're starting a new series this week, and this is going to be a, a, a just fair warning, a longer series because you know I, we try and the series type length has a lot to do with the 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 topic itself, and and we're, the series we're going to be. Um, jumping into is is one on prayer. In fact, that's was nothing clever about this one. The series is prayer. <laughs> and, um, and, and and so it's going to be a while. Uh, just fair warning, this is prayer is a big deal. It, there's a lot it, really you could you know, we could we could take a three years of Sundays and still not exhaust everything. But um, so we're going to be in this for a while. Um, just to, to, and today is going to be just laying some of the foundation, some of the groundwork for, for the series as far as what we want to kind of cast a vision for what we want to accomplish in this series and um, kind of whet our appetite and kind of position us, try and position us well for, uh, for the next uh, several months of, of, of what, what we're, we're trusting the Lord is going to do some really cool things in our midst and in our own individual lives. Um, and so, so we're just going to, uh, we're going to jump in. Uh, three things I, I want to, are the goal of this series. The first one is, um, we're really hoping that praying that this this series stokes our hearts to be a a, a people, um, a community devoted to prayer. Uh, in fact, one of our kind of core theme you see it on the walls. It's on the website. We we talk about here being devoted to His presence, His people, and His purpose. And 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 being devoted to His presence is is largely about being devoted to prayer. That is that is our primary tool for entering His presence. Is is prayer. Um, we, we see this in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Um, it was one of the foundations of the church. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, and to prayer. If, if we're going to be uh, the bride of Christ, if we're going to, um, we, we want to look more like the, the first century church or the church that, that, that Jesus is, is calling us to, Prayer has to be at the center of, of, of what we do. And so in this series, we're, we're praying that the Lord would stoke our, our hearts towards that. Because I have this, I have this, this theory, um, it's not really a theory, it's just kind of a, a belief in life. That at the end of the day, we as people, we as humans, we do what we want. We believe what we want. And so uh, we like to think of ourselves as these, these rational, you know, logic-driven, reason-based people. That's, you know, as Western, we really, we really value that. But that, I don't believe that that is at the core, really, who we are. We, 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 we take our beliefs, and it's amazing how our beliefs and our, and our actions and all of these things, they always seem to line up with what, our, what we really want. And it's not because what we want is always right. It's because we're able to maneuver things so that what we think lines up with what it is that we want. And so if we're ever going to um, be transformed, if God is going to transform us, it has to start in our hearts. And so we're, gonna pr we're praying that this series, God would, would grow our heart for prayer, grow our, our heart to, to spend time and to, and to study what prayer is and to, and to equip ourselves better um, for this, this important task that, that we as believers have. The second thing is we want to understand more deeply the purpose and the power of prayer. It's one thing to have a heart for something, and that's important, um, but we also ha need to have a, an understanding of it, what, what it is, what it isn't, what we should believe about prayer, what, what we shouldn't believe about prayer. Um, you know, the, the nerdy word for this would be orthodoxy, right thinking. What are the right things to think about prayer? Um, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but, but there is... There are right ways to pray, and there are wrong ways to pray. And there are things that, that in, in, in uh, our culture right now that would maybe be considered prayer, that is not prayer. 
and and we want to we want to we want to think rightly about about this. We 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 are praying to a God who who is a God of order and 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 he is God. And so he he sets out the table of how this should go and it is and he has given us everything we need to know to understand it to the level that we need to understand it and it's on us. We have a responsibility to pursue that knowledge and to, and to ingest it so that we can, we can properly um, understand and think rightly about the purpose and the, the power of prayer. And then the third thing is to become more actively engaged and to mature our prayer life. So this is, this is the, the, the working out of this. It's, it's, it's important to have uh, a heart for prayer, and we pray that God encourages that and grows that. It's important that we have right thinking about prayer and that our, our doctrine is sound and in line and submitted to the, to the word of God. But it's also important that we do the prayer. <laughs> it's, it, it, we, that we engage in these activities, these proper activities of prayer. It's not enough to, to just know the truth and to think rightly. We have to actually do stuff. James says it this way in chapter 2. He says, so, so you see, by faith itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have, have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can, you, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? And I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So much of the time I think we, um, and even as I was reading, some of you may, may have gotten, been like, well, whatever is talking about good deeds. I thought we were talking about prayer. Prayer is a deed. <laughs> prayer is an action. Prayer is one of the, the fundamental focuses of our action that, that sometimes we, 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 we're like, yes, we need to pray so that God will help us do the stuff. No, prayer is the stuff. It is the foundation. And, and this, this whole thing about, so we've talked about having a right heart, thinking rightly is orthodoxy. If you want the nerdy word for this one, this is orthopraxy. We want to we wanna get better at doing the stuff. We want to we wanna not just understand what it is in theory, but put it into practice so that our, our lives actually look different, that our, our spiritual lives are, are growing and becoming more, more mature. And in, in the series, we're going to try real hard to give you not just truth, but practical ways that... That, that can um, move you towards and, and equip us better for, for more effective, I don't want to say more effective prayer, but yes, more effective prayer. Um, and, and broaden and deepen our, our, yes, our understanding, yes, our heart, but also our, our practice. Um, and and uh, you say it this way, we're, I'm praying in this series that we get truth, but we also give that truth some legs. That we, 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 we learn how to walk out the different, the different nuances and the different truths that we're learning about prayer and its importance. Um, throughout this series, uh, there may be, you may have questions. And, and one of the, the, I know prayer is one of those subjects that, that uh, I feel like we all have a lot of questions about. And so I wanted to just, this is always an open invitation, but I wanted to just highlight it. I guess I don't say this enough, probably say this enough, but, but I love questions, especially in series. Uh, and I would love to hear your questions as we go along. If you have um, a question about something that, that, that was said in one of the weeks and, and you wanted some more clarification on, or if you just have a question that maybe we didn't answer or we didn't cover this this thing. I would encourage you, please email me. Um, my email is jeremy at christianassembly.com. Um, I can't promise that we'll, we'll be able to, to answer everybody's question here on, on the pulpit, but I will try uh, to respond in, in some fashion. I can't promise I will have the answer, 
um, <laughs> because I don't claim to have all the answers. And when it comes to prayer, there's plenty of questions that we can ask that there isn't an answer to, at least not one that we can understand. Um, but, but I would love to, to get, get your guys' input through this so that, so that we can, I, I can be communicating and we can be talking about the things that, that are truly helpful and, and clearing things up for, for, for you guys. Um, and that's, that's throughout this series and beyond. Feel free to email me with, with your questions. Um, all right. So prayer is, and I think we all know this, it, it's such a big topic. It's so, so immense. Uh, so what I wanted to do to, to kind of set the table for the rest of this series this morning um, with the rest of our time is, is to give you three paradoxes of prayer. Okay, um, paradoxes. What's a paradox? Paradox is simply—it's two opposite, two seemingly opposite things that are true, right? Um, and and prayer is is that there is there it is full of paradox. These these both and kind of thoughts. And, and so today we're 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 going to try and. Um, Try and scratch the surface a little bit or, or maybe tease our own appetites for just how, how big this, this thing is called prayer. And, and, and then we're going to spend the next number of weeks kind of getting deeper into to the, to the weeds on it. Um, typically, as, as we go on, week after week, we'll get, take a much smaller, more poignant uh, topic within prayer that we'll focus on. But to, today, I just kind of wanted to set, set the place uh, for the whole series. So first paradox um, is simply that prayer is both natural and supernatural. Prayer is both natural and supernatural. What are we saying when we say that? It, it's natural. It's, it's organic. It, it, it's, it's just something that is in us to do. Ecclesiastes 3 says it this way, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time, and he has planted eternity into the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. You know, when, when stuff hits the fan in life, there is a reflex to pray. <laughs> um... I was reading one study uh, this week that said um, uh, they, you know, they're doing their, they, they did some, somebody did some research or some surveys and they found that, that I think it was 25%, 20 or 25% of people who uh, profess to not believe in God also confess that in times of crisis, they have, pray, they pray. And that's just... That's the people that are so far on this side that they are like they 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 say they don't believe in God, and also the ones that are willing to admit I don't believe in God, and yet I I, still, I pray. I'm sure that number is much higher. There is something God. I mean, uh, he, Solomon says that in Ecclesiastes. God has hardwired into us uh, an instinct and uh, a reflex of communication with with God. There's something in us. It is, it is natural. There is, there, there is a, um, f from the beginning, that was the design of the relationship. If you look back from, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden, the, the, one of the primary purposes for their creation was communication with God. And that never, that didn't, that didn't go away. It changed, it got broken, it's more complicated, but it's still there. And, and, and we all feel that it's natural yet at the same time it is supernatural it, it, it's communication between an omnipotent omnipresent omniscient that means all-powerful all-present all-knowing God who created the universe who created us it's communication between that and us these limited, weak, selfish, broken, ADD, little peons. 
It's unbelievable. It's, it, it's, it's, con it's conversation between, you know, it'd be like us trying to have a meaningful relationship with like a dust mite. I mean, really. I mean, and then, but 10 times more, more different. It's supernatural. It, it, it's a means by which the spiritual realm can be affected. Think about that. Prayer is, is communication with, with a supernatural God that one is, can be two ways. That we can, we can pray to him and he, and he will listen and he can communicate to us. And not only that, that these, these, just these, these words, this time that we spend, uh, even as these weak people, these, these insignificant little blobs of water that, that are on this planet, we can affect the supernatural realms. We can, uh, and we can affect eternal destinies of people. That's amazing. That's supernatural. And it's important that, that, that we, we, we grasp or we, we have an understanding of both of those realities and try and hold them in, in tension. Um, and I think as we go through these, you may find yourself leaning and identifying um, with one side more than the other. That's, I think that's probably common. Um, and there may be one in these, as we're going through these, I'd encourage you to, to kind of take stock of your own perception or your own thoughts on prayer, your own relationship with, with prayer. And um, ask the Lord, you know, as we're going through these, is there, is there one of these that maybe, maybe the Lord wants to highlight in you that needs to grow? That, that even just one of these, you know, one side of one of these three phrases that, that I, don't really, I don't really get that. Or that's not really a part of my, my view of, of prayer. I don't really have a, uh, an internal real, you know, connection to that one. Um, I pray that maybe the Lord shows you one of those. And then throughout this series, that can be something that, that can be a focus for you. That, that, that God maybe wants to grow that, that part of you. Because all of these are important. It's important that we, we experience and we understand all of the breadth of, of prayer. You know? It's important that, that we, we get that it is a natural thing. That you can, you know, it's natural. It's something you can do. It's something that you were literally created to do. But it's also supernatural. It's also something that you, you can't do. It's also something that is beyond your ability to do by yourself. All right, that's the first one. So not only is prayer natural and supernatural, but prayer is, is also super simple and unfathomably deep. I'm going to mess that word up because I'm going to have to say it a couple of times, I'm sure. Prayer is both super simple and unfathomably deep. It's simple. It's so simple a child can do it and do it well and not do, oh, ain't that cute, but actually, like, as much as, like, as much as an adult, <laughs> they are praying. There's not, like, you know, there's not a kid's menu prayer channel going up to heaven. It's the, it's the same level of communication that, <laughs> that we do. A child can do it. Jesus teaches that we, we must come to him with, with childlike faith. Simple, honest. At another point, Jesus warns against uh, long, drawn-out, pretentious prayers. It's, 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 it's simple. It, it, it can be... It can be as simple as a word, or not even a word. You know, God, God speaks blubber. God speaks, God speaks, you know, the, the near miss, where you can't get any word out. It's just, you ever had that moment? God, God that, that counts, <laughs> you know? God speaks grief. He speaks tears. Psalms 56 says in verse 8, he says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle and you've recorded each one in your book. 
Prayer is simple. It's, it's, it's talking with God. It's, it's simple. The, the smartest being that created and knows every atom in your body, every hair on your head. He's the one person in this universe that you can't miscommunicate with. He will always understand you. <laughs> Better than you'll understand yourself. It's simple. And yet, at the same time, it's unfathomably deep. At the same time, you can, you can spend your whole life giving yourself to the study and practice of prayer. And if you were to do that, like, uh, if you heard stories of some of the, like, you know, early church fathers, uh, Martin Luther spent, you know, it was like five or six hours a day in, in solitude and prayer. You know, these guys that just spend their, their, that give just their, literally give their whole life to prayer. I guarantee you, if, if, you, if you were to do that, there's two things that, that would happen. That, that at the end of it all, I think would, be, would definitely be true of you. First, it would be a life well lived. And second off, I, I can guarantee you would die saying, I only scratched the surface. I just... I just got a glimpse. There's a, a seemingly unending list of ways to pray. Length and position and wording and reasons to pray. You know, whether we're praying. Uh, prayer is, is talking to God. So what is the, the proper ways to address him? What do, we, what do we say to him with requests and praise and we're asking for guidance and, and intercession and prayer is also about hearing from God, which is a whole nother, you know, giant ball of wax. How do we, how do we listen to God? How do we know if it's him? It's unfathomably deep. And this is, I think, one of the, the biggest hurdles we all face in prayer. It, it feels overwhelming at times. You know, it's like, it's just so daunting that it, 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 the enemy, I think, can use that to discourage us from really getting started much. It's like me cleaning my house, you know. You, on the way home from work, I'm like, I'm cleaning the house today. I'm, I'm jumping in. And then I open the door and I'm like... Oh, maybe tomorrow. Because <laughs> it's just overwhelming and you're like, I can't, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't, I don't, I'm never going to get this done. So I just, why bother, uh, you know. It, it, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. It, it does have to be unfathomably deep because that is, that is part of what prayer, that is a truth about prayer, but it doesn't have to be uh, despairingly overwhelming. See, that part of it is actually uh, just a, a, a trick of the enemy. That part of it is a, a deception. That part of it is, is a temptation. Because when we're looking at something truly good in life, there's never too much of it. Never, I, you guys hear me talk about chocolate a lot. I love chocolate, and I love good chocolate. And there's a chocolate haven in Erie, Pennsylvania called Romolo's. And there's more chocolate in that store that I could ever eat in a lifetime. But I have never walked into that store and go, oh, I can't handle it, and walked out without chocolate. Why? Because it's all good. I'm not scared of it. I, I welcome the overwhelmingness of the chocolate store. This can be our perspective on prayer. This can be our perspective on, on approaching and spending time in the presence of God. We don't, have to, we don't have to be despaired. We don't have to stay focused on our lack of praying or our ineffectiveness in praying or the fact that we don't, we don't have all the right answers or we don't pray all the right way. God can, can set us free from those burdens and in doing so, we will pray more. Sometimes 
I think we get this idea that this, there's this like, I, I almost hold on to some of those things because I, somehow that guilt is gonna you know, help me do it more. If I feel bad enough about it, then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna do it more. And that, that, that negative reinforcement kind of thing, it, in the real world, that can work for some things, right? Um, you, can, you can threaten your kids into compliance to a degree, right? <laughs> you, can, you, can withhold, you can withhold certain privileges and responsibilities until they clean their room or pick up their dishes or whatever it is, and that, that will work for a time, but that will, that will never teach them to love picking up their clothes, right? And one of my prayers for this series is as, as we go through it by the end of it, we will all have gained, uh, we uh, will have all gotten a little further down the road in not being negatively overwhelmed by the expanse of prayer. Because it is unfathomably deep, but that should be uh, an exciting, life-giving thought, not a, not a scary, burdensome one. So prayer is... is Natural and it's supernatural, it's simple and it's deep. And it's also both a privilege and a command. Prayer is both a privilege and a command. The Almighty God of the universe invites us to communicate with Him, to learn from Him, to, to receive from Him, to. to Enter his presence and to, uh, he allows us to please his heart. What, what an unbelievable honor and privilege. I, that's still, when I think about that, the more I think about it, the more that is just baffling to me. <laughs> That, that you, you spending time in, in his presence in prayer, it, it matters to him enough that it affects him. That, that is incredible. What, what a privilege that is. What a privilege to, to learn from him. We, get the, we have the opportunity to learn from the God of the universe, to be guided by the God of the universe, to receive from the God of the universe. That we can have a, a, a real, meaningful relationship with our Savior. That we, we can just not just put our trust in, a, in some abstract way into Jesus of 2,000 years ago, but we can have a, an active, real-time relationship in communication with Him right now. That is amazing and, and, and such an honor. It should, it, should, it should excite us. But it's not just a privilege. It's also a, a command. We have an obligation to pray. And not just pray sometimes, pray occasionally, but, but be people of prayer. And the difference between someone who prays and someone who is a person of prayer is when you're a person of prayer, it has become, um, it has become a central, uh, essential part of your makeup. It has become one of the, the defining characteristics of your life. It, it, it has become one of the, the hallmarks. It's one of the things that when people, if people were going to describe you or talk about you, it's one of the top things, that, the first things that come to mind. That's what a person of prayer is versus a person who prays. We're called to be people of prayer. Matthew 21, um, familiar story, starting in verse 12. Jesus enters the temple and begins to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. And he, he knocks over the table and the money changers selling doves. And why does he do it? What does he say to them? He says, scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer. But you've turned it into a den of thieves. 
They were focusing on the wrong thing. Jesus places a priority on prayer. And it's, it's, it's one of the things, one of the few things that there is no shortcuts for. There is no replacement for. There is no automation for. You can't hand it off to somebody. Your responsibility to pray cannot be... Um, you, there's no uh, subcontracting that work. <laughs> you, can't, you can't hire somebody else. You can't, your tithe doesn't cover your prayer. That's not the way it works. We are called to be people of prayer. You can't write a script and have chat GPT pray for you. That don't work. Did you guys see the speak of this verse? Anybody see the meme that was going around? They, uh, somebody asked the, uh, an AI to generate a picture of, of, of this scene of Jesus flipping over the tables. And the AI made a picture of Jesus flipping over a table. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But a great illustration. We can't farm this stuff out, guys. It's on us. It's a top command and priority because prayer makes a difference. And it's, it, 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 this, is, this is another paradox in itself. But in, in 1 Thessalonians says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you, to, for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Listen, and do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Prayer makes a difference. And according to this verse, lack of prayer makes a difference. Lack of prayer can lead to stifling the Holy Spirit. We can actually impede the, the good things that, that the Lord wants to do in your life and in this world if we don't partner with Him, if we don't do our part in prayer. God is determined to partner with us. From the, from the outset, God gave man a share of delegated dominion here on earth. That was the plan from the beginning. And there are some things that will only happen when and if we pray. Now listen, that doesn't make us little gods. We're not... We're not we don't have this independent power source in us that can, you know, move the metaverse. But there are some things that God has ordained that he is willing to do if we will do our part. We see this, uh, 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 this is kind of one of the, one of the, I think the big Things in the Old Testament, the values of the Old Testament, which there's, you know, obviously a bunch. But one of the things I think we see over and over and over and over and over again that, that we don't, I think we miss sometimes, is this concept. That, that the Old Testament is full of stories of God working with humans under this sort of conditional sort of thing, right? The people of Israel, you have, you have God who says, I'm going to, you know, Abram, I'm going to make you a, a father of many nations. And he makes that covenant and, he's, and he says, I'm going to do it, right? And, and, he, and, and he does it. And to some degree, and to a large degree, he does it in spite of the people, right? Like it was an ordained plan, he's going to get it done. But along the way, there are dozens, if not Hundreds of instances where God, where there is a conditional kind of situation where God says, if God, it, it, guys, if you'll do this, I'll do that to work towards this big goal. If you do this, if you'll, if you'll humble yourselves and pray, if you'll, if you'll stay true to my laws, if you'll, whatever it was, right? If you march around the city and follow my instructions and blow your horns when I tell you, I'll knock down the the wall. It's partnership. And yes, we're living in, in, in a new covenant. That is absolutely true. But, but God's character and his, and his in, in, intent to uh, partner with us in this world hasn't changed. And so our prayer life matters. 
It, it matters in, in the quality of your life. It matters in the, 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 the actual events of your life. It matters to your, to your especially to, to your, your friends and your family, your unsaved friends, your coworkers. It matters to your own Christ-likeness. And that, that doesn't just mean our, our, our ability to avoid sin, right? That's a part, that is, that is a big part of it, right? It is, holiness is avoiding sin. But uh, we, we talked a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you know, and how that's, that's the stuff we, we, we all say we, really, we all, you know, really want in this life. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. Goodness, that's, that's what we would love and joy to have that be the kind of the, the, the default um, status of our life, right? To be at peace, to be full of love, full of joy, full of hope. All of that is cultivated and grown in us through our prayer lives. And so it, it matters if we pray. There's a story in Mark 9. Um, I'm just going to read it. It's a little longer and probably a familiar story, but I like reading Scripture because, you know, it's Scripture. So, um, but the point here is, 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 is I think, a... Uh, important one. Chapter 9, starting verse 14. Mark chapter 9 says, when they returned uh, to, the, to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. Some teachers of the religious law were, were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. And the, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out, this, cast out the evil spirit, but, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring me the boy. You just hear the, <laughs> the frustration and kind of the, like, certainty in his voice. <sighs> Guys, you're killing me. Bring him over here. Right? He says, bring me the boy. So they brought the boy. And when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. And he replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. If you can't, what do you mean if I can, Jesus said. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father cried out one of the best quotes in, in all of scripture, at least one of the most, most relatable. I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit, said, listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. And the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and then left him. And the boy, the boy appeared to be dead and a murmur ran through the crowd said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet. And he stood up. And here's, the, here's the, the verse that relates to the, the, the point we're talking about right now. Verse 28. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this one can only be cast out by prayer. Jesus' frustration with the disciples shows us that this wasn't, he didn't say this is, this one can only be cast out by me. He didn't say this was a, you know, you know, a super mega demon that only, only I could handle. No, he said this one, this is some, some verses say prayer, some verses say prayer and fasting. He, he, 
The, di- the difference between the disciples' attempt and Jesus' attempt wasn't the fact that Jesus was the Son of God. It was the fact that Jesus had been praying. It's the fact that, that Jesus had been fasting. The fact that Jesus' prayer life was, was, he was prepared for the moment. Now, this, this specific situation um, may seem extreme to us that we, you know, we maybe are not going to be faced with this exact uh, situation in our daily lives. But the reality is there are situations in our lives that we have struggled with and maybe still struggle with for the simple reason that we, we, our prayer life is not up to the challenge. Opportunities to, to minister and share the, the gospel we're missing. Breakthrough in our own lives that we're not seeing, whether that be in, in, in our, our ability to, to connect with God or our ability to abstain from certain sins or our, our, just our, our overall mental and emotional state. Or spiritual gifts and fruit of the spirit that just hasn't been able to blossom because we haven't we haven't been feeding it the thing we haven't been in connection with the power source. You know, Jesus says, you know, that John fifteen, right, one of the most famous chapters of the Bible. I am the vine; you are the branches. The way we connect to the vine is through prayer, and when we're not connected. We don't have the nutrients, we don't have the, he can't supply us with the things that we need to become the people that he has created us to be and to do the things that he has created us to do and bear the fruit that he wants us to bear and that we want to bear. Sometimes we're so busy trying to do all this other work to try and earn the fruit or earn the, the right to ask for the, the, the favor of God or to earn the right to, you know, whatever, do the thing. And God's going, I don't, that's a good thing. I didn't, but I didn't, maybe didn't even ask you to do it. I asked, we know that he asked us to pray. <laughs> We know that he asked us to spend time with him. We know that he's asked us to, to, to wait on him and worship him and, and praise him and, and come to him with our burdens and all these things. We know that, black and white. And so if we do what we know first, I promise you, out of that, your list of to-dos, will, will, two things will happen to your list of to-dos. Both of them you will like. The list will get shorter because it'll be the things, it'll just be the things that he's put on your list. And trust me, you put a lot more on your list than he does. <laughs> and the things that you do, when you do the things on that list, it will be infinitely more um, fulfilling, not easier, maybe not even less painful but more fulfilling because there's one thing like there's one thing to just do something because you, you're trying to do it. It's another thing when the God of the universe has, has, has sent you on a mission, right? There becomes there, 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 then that mission, that thing, even if the task isn't fun or it's maybe it's boring or mundane or, or scary or whatever, but there's purpose behind it. And I know there's backup behind it too, because it's like, well, if I'm doing this thing and I know that God has called me and told me to do this thing, now, now my faith can be activated. Say, I can, I can kind of like, when I get scared, when I, when I am getting confused and I don't know what's going on, I can throw that back at God, right? Like Moses did. Like, God, you, you told me to come here. You told me to do this. So this is, I, this is not looking good. This is on you now. And that is a great place to be. Where you know that God has called you or what you're doing, you're doing because God has called you to do it. And that is really when you can, you can full on lean into trusting God. I think sometimes we struggle to trust God in so many situations. It's because we haven't, we haven't prayed enough to be convinced that what we're doing, even if it is what he wants us to do, but that he's actually called us to do it. And so we, we, we get in, then, you know, the water gets choppy or trouble comes or whatever. And, and now we're having all these mental, you know, conversations with ourselves or whatever, trying to backtrace and, and convince ourselves that, no, I am on the right path. 
Listen, if, if God didn't call you to do it, before you do it, you should ask if God called you to do it. That's deep, I know. Literally, life and death is on the line when we're talking about our prayer lives. And so we're going to spend the next number of weeks working on our prayer lives. And my, my challenge to you is this, as we close our, our time together um, this morning. Yeah, Lily, you can come up and play for a second if you want. Um, my challenge is, is this. You know, some of, if you're in small groups, we're actually, it's a small group week, right? Starting out this week, if you're in life group, we're you know, meeting this week. And most of the life groups, I think all of them are, we're, we're, we're a lot kind of, kind of like, we're all paddling in the same direction. Um, which is kind of new for us. It's kind of cool. Um, we're all focusing on staying on this topic, even in our groups, some different ways, but, but we're, we're looking at prayer and and so I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to you know, give too much in, in all these different areas where you get overwhelmed with these, you know, assignments or, or feel, feel like there's too much, too much homework. Um, but I do want to challenge you to commit to, to some extra effort in this season. To be willing to ask the Lord what if there's something that you need to give up to make the time, to make the space for some extra time for Him in this season. And so I'm going to we're going to close just a, a word of prayer that I'm just want to pray over you to just kind of commission this, this next this series and this next couple of months as we dive into this subject. But, but I, I want to, um, I do want to challenge you this week. I want you to pay, pay attention to your, to your prayer life. Uh, just so when you come back next week, have, and don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to write it down or turn it in or anything. This is purely for your own edification. But the goal would be when you come back next week to have an actual uh, answer. If someone, if someone were to ask you, how much did you pray this week? What did that look like for you? To have an actual answer in your own mind. So in other words, be trying this week be cognizant of your prayer life it, it's one of those things that some people are very structured and and you can tell me right now i from this time to this time every two days i pray in the shower i do this i do that i do that right <laughs> and that's that's great that's great some of us aren't like that <laughs> and especially for 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 y'all because if that's i'm i tend to be that way too um don't just say, I don't just say, oh, I pray in the shower, or I pray, you know, before work, or I read my Bible and do a little bit of prayer. Just in those moments, actually, like every day at the end of the day, look through your day in your mind and, and actually take tally of how much you actually prayed. This isn't a trying to be a guilt trip by any stretch of the imagination. This is, but we have to. We have to, you know, you can't get anywhere unless you know where you are, right? I can, I can know exactly where my house is, but if I don't know where I'm at, I can't get to my house. <laughs> so it's, we got we to gotta be honest and, and with ourselves at least and know where we start. So, that, so I encourage you to, to, to do that this week. So Lord, we, we thank you for God, we thank you for the opportunity to pray. God, we thank you that, that you have given us this privilege, that you've given us this responsibility. We thank you that, that you're mindful of us, 
that you, you, you care to communicate with us. Lord, forgive us for at times maybe taking it for granted. God, would you, would you by your Holy Spirit, would you just uh, stand against the lies of the enemy that would, as we pursue prayer, that would, would invade and will try to invade us as we, as we t- try and take these steps forward? Lie that, that we, we, we don't, we're not living well enough to pray well, that, that we, we, we don't know how to do it well enough, that we don't have time to do it, that whatever, whatever those lies are, whatever those obstacles are, God, we just, in, in your mighty name, we ask that you would, you would reveal those to us and, and, and grant us the faith to overcome as we, we commit now. We, are gonna, we want to know how to pray better. <laughs> we want to know how to pray more. We want to know how to hear your voice more accurately and follow your instructions more faithfully. We, we hear, we receive, we believe that this, this is an invitation from your spirit to, to come and, and, and spend the time to, to pursue you in prayer because you have, you, you, you have something more for us as a community and as individuals. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless. See y'all next week.